today I'm walking around Mare Island in Vallejo, California. The old Navy shipyard. And I actually didn't expect to be here. <laughs> but I came... I've been reflecting today because of all the news of the 75th anniversary of D-Day on Omaha Beach, Normandy, France. about my two boys and the expectations of the male gender in particular although women now go into the service um yeah wars are always prevalent in society and the so anyway, uh, there was some interesting stories this morning. And I thought I would take a walk along our... I live near a, uh, a fleet. Uh, used to be there. It's not there, I noticed today. They've been taking it away, you know, piece by piece, the old mothball fleet outside of uh, in Sassoon Bay area. The uh, waterway between this bay, which is the San Francisco Bay that comes into here, into the Vallejo Naval Weapons Area, comes up and through, going on Sacramento area. Anyway, when I didn't see the mothball fleet, I was going to walk, take a walk out there and just maybe sketch or take some photos and it wasn't there so I just kept driving over the bridge to Vallejo instead of up that other direction I used to have a studio space over here right here in Mare Island right in the coal, old coal sheds you can't even get to it now I just tried to go to my old studio space and I couldn't get over there and have it all shut down this place was basically supposed to be refurbished and re-made into some sort of a artist's enclave and town. I know there is, there's still people that live over here, but most of this is really, really contaminated stuff in here. Um, a lot of industrial contamination. People still live here. Ferry goes in and out of here to San Francisco. Thriving town of Vallejo on the other side of the waterway here. My uncle was stationed here when I was young, when I was a teenager. My young uncle, probably only about seven years older than I was, stationed here and my aunt was here had my cousins 
while she was here. Strange. Life goes on and I I let my sons know today that I was thinking about them and was respecting them for the decisions they've made in their lives and for the strong and responsible men they are. I heard back from my youngest, but not my oldest. He never responds quite, he just frequently doesn't respond. (laughs) He's too big and busy right now, probably in his job. Anyway, a thought was there and I passed it on through. And, uh, you know, it's weird because you you can sense the history in places when you come back to these kind of ghost-ridden places that are just old, sitting here, decaying. A lot of the windows in these places and these big industrial huge navy ship used to be out here parked right actually in front of my uh, studio space was it the Trinity or the Tripoli I think it was a Tripoli I should really look it up I'm being lazy today you can hear a motor of oh it's the ferry the ferry stopped in here to pick people up oh yeah that would make sense they go from Vallejo to Mare Island and then probably on out over to San Francisco San Francisco Bay Ferry actually if I were commuting to the city and working to work there I would take the ferry in instead of drive it would be much more relaxing Anyway, I don't know what I was saying. Basically, I reflect on life and what this place must have been like back in the 40s. Bustling with action and preparation for wars. standing on the deck right now and feeling like I'm moving out at sea like I'm on a boat. It's funny. Funny how you can get that sensation. The dark creosote in the piers 
And the rusted, the rusted caps. That's interesting. They they made these steel or aluminum caps for these things, probably so they wouldn't deteriorate very fast. And you can see the nails all pounded in by hand. Where the uh, where the round caps were cut, the metal was cut to to fold around these pill piers pillars. And then yes, of course, you've got the huge rusted screws and pilings, I guess. Oh, there goes the boat. Of course, the cable that's holding them all together is all rusted as well. It's wrapped in web, spider webs. I like being on the water. It doesn't even matter where. There's something about being on the water. I must have been a fish in a previous life. Something slow and easy about being on the water. Hmm. Should find some video if I can look about what it was like to be out here when it was fully functioning. I'd be kind of interested in seeing. You know, they have these big crane-type machines for pulling up big ships out of the water so they can repair them. And I seem to recall somebody saying that they have them over in Oakland as well. I've seen them there. <clears throat> I seem to recall Lucas, um, what's his first name? the guy that did Star Wars, Lucas. Anyway, that he used those, these, uh, these apparatus, these structures as, as impetus or, or as in, is, as inspiration for some of his creatures in those movies. They do feel animated. Hmm. So that, I'm trying to think, that ship is going that direction. Is it going to stop over in Galeo? It's going to make a wide berth or is it going out that direction? Going out underneath the Carquinas Bridge. That wouldn't make sense, would it? Oh yeah, I guess you can get to the bay that way. Yeah, yeah, that would be right. That's the right direction. Kind of turned around. Because this is the end of the where the water goes out into the waterways and the 
marshlands and the direction the boat is going is going back towards the Carquinas Bridge which would take you into the bay, San Francisco Bay near Richmond, past Richmond hmm. and Alcatraz and not Alcatraz, what's that other island? There's Treasure Island, but that's too soon to, or too far. There's another island anyway that you pass by before you get into, really into San Francisco. Okay, well, this was my walk out here a little bit today and sort of a reflective walk. I wonder what Rilke has to say today. Twenty-nine Rue Cassette. Sunday afternoon, October sixth, nineteen oh seven. This is on page twenty-five of Letters on Saison by Rilke. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Sounds of rain and of bells striking the hour. This makes a pattern, a Sunday pattern. If you didn't know it, this would have to be Sunday. That's how it sounds in my quiet street. But how much Sunday there was in the old aristocratic quarter through which I walked this morning. The old closed down hotels in the Faubourg Saint-Germain with their white gray shutters, their discreet gardens and courtyards, the locked ironwork gates and heavy, tight-shutting doors. Some of them were very haughty and sophisticated and, and inaccessible. These may have been the Talleyrands, the De La Roche Focales, unapproachable gentry. But then came a street that was just as quiet with somewhat smaller houses no less noble in their manner and quite reserved. One of the gates was just about to close. A servant in his morning livery turned around again and looked at me carefully and thoughtfully. And at that same moment, it seemed to me that it would have taken only a very slight shift in the pattern of things at some time in order for him to recognize me and step back and hold open the door. In order for an old lady to be up there, a grandmère, who would make it possible to receive her favorite grandson even at this early hour? With a smile, quite affectionate herself, the familiar lady's maid would carry out the order and lead the way through the draped suite of rooms, inwardly turning back, inwardly turned back and hurrying for sheer eagerness an uneasiness at having to walk ahead of me. A stranger passing through in this manner would not understand anything. 
but I would feel the presence of all the interrelated things, the gaze of portraits, the dials of music clo musical clocks, and the content of mirrors in which the clear essence of this twilight is preserved. In an instant, I would have recognized the light-filled salons, which are quite bright within the darkness. And that one room, which seems darker because the family's silver in the back has absorbed all the light. And the solemnity of all this world, sorry, and the, solemn, and the solemnity of all this would confer itself upon me and carefully prepare me for the old lady in the violet white whom one can't picture in the mind's eye from one time to the next because she's made up of so many things. I walked through the quiet street and I was and was still immersed in my imaginings when I saw some beautiful old silver in a confectioner's shop window, in a confectioner's shop window. Pictures with slightly drooping plump silver flowers on the lids and fantastic reflections in their curved prows. Now it is hard to believe now it is hard to believe that this was the way that led to the Salon des Atomes. But finally I did arrive at the bright and colorful picture market, which for all its straining to make an impression, did not dispel my inner mood. The old lady persisted, and I felt how much it would be beneath her dignity to come here and look at these pictures. I wondered whether I might not find something I could tell her about after all, and found a room with pictures by Berta Morisol, Manet's sister-in-law and a wall with works by Eva Gonzalez, Manet's student. Cezanne is no longer possible for the old lady, but for us, he is valid and moving and important. He too, like Goya, painted the walls of his studio in eye with his imaginings. Some photographs of these by Druet were exhibited here this much about my Sunday to you. So that page had quite a few footnotes. I'm talking over the radio station as you can hear. So when he says, now it is hard to believe that this was the way that led to the Salon des Autons, the Autumn Salon was founded in 1903 and took place annually in the Grand Palais, a building constructed on the Champs-Élysées for the 1900 World's Fair. In 1907, a retrospective of Belgian art was shown in addition to the two rooms devoted to the memory of Cézanne. 
And when we get down to Berde Moriso, um, it says here that she was living between 1840 and 1895, married to Eugène Manet, the brother of the painter Edouard Manet. Yes, I know her work and I know Manet's work. And then later on the line, it talks about Eva Gonzalez, who was Manet's student. And she lived between 1850 and 1883, the daughter of the novelist Emmanuel Gonzalez. And when it gets to Goya, says he too, like Goya, painted the walls of his studio in I with his imaginings. So they talk about Goya and Druet. Now Goya says Francisco Goya y Lucientes. Um, 1746 to 1828. And then Druet is a, E. Druet is an art dealer in Paris. What a group of people these people hung out with. That's all I have for right now today. I think that's probably long enough. It's probably way too long. <laughs> I hope you have a good day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>